We are so glad you decided to join us today for our Compelled podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. We would love for you to message us on social media and connect through our website at compelled316.com. Now let's get started. Bob Morrison is here to get us thinking about what it means to live a compelled life. Hey, what's up, guys? I hope you're having a good week. I've been chewing on a couple things, and I think we're going to talk about them now. So, in the course of growing up as a young man in the Midwest, you learn to take crazy chances sometimes. And maybe it means jumping out of a barn from second floor into a hayloft or into a wagon of hay. Or maybe it means walking out on a frozen lake that you know the ice might break and you fall through. Or jumping off of some rural backcountry bridge into the water, not sure if it's deep enough to keep you from hitting a rock or breaking your leg or worse. I don't know, there's just uh, something about that rural life. We, We live a crazy life as a teenage boy. You start taking more and more chances. You you do things that when you look back, you say, man, that was nuts. There's no way that that was a smart thing to do. I have friends who have done crazier things than me, but I just can't think of them right now. And I remember discovering alcohol as a teenager And it was almost like um, you had no ability to know whether you were drinking too much or too little. You just went and you hung out with friends. If somebody said, hey, I got a bottle, let's drink it. Bottle of wine, bottle of whiskey, bottle of beer. You didn't care. You just drank it. You just hung out and you drank it. And you never considered the consequences. You never read those articles you know as a teenage boy you don't read articles about people dying of alcohol poisoning or of people falling asleep so drunk that they throw up and they die in their sleep you don't read that stuff because you think you're bulletproof you're invincible so for me on one of those occasions i remember being at a party in kokomo indiana middle of the night somebody says hey here's a bottle of Jack Daniels let's drink it here's some weed let's smoke it the next thing I know it's 2 in the morning and I'm still a good 15 miles from home and I've got this old Scooby Doo van it's orange it looks like the great pumpkin on wheels and I decide that the only thing I can do is drive home. So I got a buddy with me and I said, hey, I want you to ride with me. We're gonna drive back to my hometown from Kokomo in the rain at night. And oh, by the way, I've been drinking all evening. He gets in passenger seat. We don't wear seat belts. We don't think about what if we get pulled over, what, what's my blood alcohol. We don't think about those things. We just know that we have to get from point A to point B before the sun comes up so that 
my parents don't go kooky over the fact that I've been out all night. The only process I worry about is sneaking in the house when I get there. So on the way home, it's raining really hard. And I'm realizing that I am really impaired. I mean, badly impaired. And I can see the headlights of the vehicles coming at me. And they are, uh, some of them are honking their horn as they go by me. And somehow I managed to piece together the puzzle of why are they going by me on the left-hand side? And then I realized they're not. They're going by me on the right-hand side. So as I pull over and I begin to really try to analyze what it is that it's happening, I realize I'm driving home in the head-on lane of a two-lane highway with everybody honking trying to tell me that I'm in the head-on lane in the rain. I open the door just to look down at the, the center line of the road and all that's there is grass. And I'm thinking, how can there be grass out my driver's side door of the van? It's because I'm all the way to the left. I'm in the head-on lane. I'm so impaired that I don't even know that I'm in the head-on lane. So I close the door, I get back over in the lane I'm supposed to be in, and I make the drive home. I drop my buddy off at his house next door. I park my van, I sneak around the back of the house, I go in the back door, sneak to my room. And when I wake up in the morning, I tell myself what I did every time that I did that. I made it. I didn't get caught. Nothing happened. I didn't get grounded. So that means I get to do it again. You begin to develop this idea that you're bulletproof. That this life you're living, this crazy, out-of-control life, is okay because it's not hurting anybody. You're not getting arrested. You're not getting in trouble with your parents, so it just becomes a way of life. And for the longest time, that's how I lived my life. And even though I graduated high school, made it through college, and started working in some of the biggest emergency rooms in Indiana, I'm talking level one traumas where, you know, a thousand bed hospitals with helicopters coming and going and some of the worst tragedies you can imagine coming through the ER, but none of that changed my thought process. Even looking at all these people coming in and saying, man, if that dude was wearing a seatbelt, he wouldn't be dead. Man, if that guy hadn't been drinking, he wouldn't have killed that other person. And even though I see all those things, I think it's not going to happen to me. And so we all kind of go through life like that you know we go through life we say well I'm just going to keep doing this thing this bad habit and I know that it's not going to happen to me perfect example somebody tells me uh, well I've been smoking all my life I haven't been sick I'm good and I have to tell them well as a respiratory therapist nine out of ten patients that I take care of that die that die a terrible death 
hungry for oxygen, they were smokers. And then that person always says, yeah, but that won't happen to me. See, they rationalize away the idea that they're going to be like everybody else. It's not going to happen to them. And every time I encounter somebody who makes a terrible mistake in life, whether it's financial, relational, physical, whatever it is, it's always the same. I didn't think it would happen to me. And I started wondering about why do we do that? What is it inside us that makes us think we're invincible or that we're above it or that we're somehow shielded from all of the normal happenings of life? Why do we put ourselves in a position to say, it's not going to happen to me? I've got a really good friend, somebody that I absolutely love like a son, and he was in a really bad wreck. And I just want to be transparent that it was very hard to get the phone call that he was in that wreck. And they said, hey, the wreck's bad. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And he was ejected from the vehicle. And the vehicle rolled over, flipped over many times. He's got lots of injuries. He's being transferred to another major hospital to take care of his injuries. And as I drove to the ER, all I could think about was, he's not going to make it. There's no way he's going to make it that he has done so much damage to his head that he's going to bleed into his brain. And at some point they're going to tell me he didn't survive. And I take a step back in my mind Because this guy, he's a kid. He has the ability to do so much with his life. But for some reason, he's got it in his head that he can drive the way he wants to drive. Grab some speeding tickets, but it's always the cop's fault. Or it's always he's being picked on. Or the the seatbelt wouldn't have done any good anyway. And I want to just grab a hold of him and say, dude, you've been given this gift. This gift called life. When God puts you on this earth, his sole purpose is for you to shine. For you to do something amazing with the talents he gave you. And yet we crap them all away. We crap them all away to say, I want to do what I want. I want to do what's fun. I want to do what's enjoyable. I want to do what's self-serving. And I don't care who it affects. And I begin to get angry. And the angrier I got, I had to just pull myself back from the situation because I wanted to go in and say, what gives you the right to put yourself at risk when you know how it's going to hurt the rest of us? We all cheer on those young people that we see so much talent, so much potential. We cheer them on because they can be anything. They have this ability to really go out and make a mark in the world, but instead they choose to drive stupid without a seatbelt and get hurt badly and then say, save me, help me. I hurt. Um, Fix this for me. And sometimes we can't. 
And I know that thousands of parents go through that all across America when their kid makes a mistake, whether the kids are doing something stupid that gets them hurt or doing something stupid that gets them arrested or doing something stupid that takes every penny they have or causes them to be addicted or causes them to go through some emotional trauma. When it's all said and done, we all feel the same way. We all want to say, what were you thinking? Why do you think it's okay to do that to the rest of us? And then I started thinking about Jesus and God. You know, Jesus has to be so offended that he went through the trouble and the pain to pay for our sins, to hang on the cross, to be crucified for all of our sins, our failures, our our brokenness. And he says, I'll pay for it. I'll go do that. And I'm thinking, why is he not just so pissed at us for the way that we live our lives in no gratitude, just basically saying, hey, thanks, that was awesome, but yeah, I'm just still going to just live my life the way I want. God has to say, man, I created you. I give you all this amazing talent and skill, and you throw it away just so you can feel better at the end of the day. We missed the whole idea, the whole purpose of why we're here. And I want to yell at people and say, wake up. You've been given a gift. Wake up. Do something with your life. Do something with your day. Do something with the next hour. Pick up the phone. Call someone. Encourage them. Walk up to a stranger. Open a door. Stop when you're trying to crowd your car into a line of traffic. Let somebody else in. Don't fight for the last spot. Don't be mad when traffic merges and you think, no, I'm not even going to make eye contact. I'm going to make them sit over there. Don't fight over the last grocery cart. All these things that could be signals of who we are and how we treat humanity. But instead, we're constantly self-serving, ungrateful, these brats. We're brats of God. And I don't know how we're ever going to change that cycle unless one or two of us start saying, Today's going to be different. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be courteous. I'm not going to make myself first. I'm going to make myself last. I don't know if any of this makes sense, but I pray for you and me that as we go through our days, we figure out a way to just be grateful and live this life, this gift, to do something amazing with it for God. Hey, this is Bob Morrison. I'll see you somewhere out there. We are truly thankful you chose to spend some time with us here at Compelled. If you enjoyed today's message, we encourage you to like it, share it on social media, and check out our website, compelled316.com. God bless you, and we hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you somewhere out there.